Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Welcome back. Hope everybody had an incredible vacation holiday. It's great to be back with you right now. Oh, man, I missed you all. I missed everybody. Um, so looking forward to the next, this next season together, this next little chapter of the year. It's great to be with you again. As you're going to see, just a couple of heads ups. You're going to see over the next few weeks, as my hate, my facial hair increases, for those of you who are wondering what's happening right now, I didn't forget to shave. Uh, this is a period of time in the Jewish calendar called the Omer. And um, thank you, we missed, missed you as well. The Omer is a time where we commemorate the lost opportunity to really reclaim our temple and our sovereignty that took place because of the lack of respect that we showed for one another. It's really a, it's a period of national mourning, shaving and the lack of shaving sort of a symbol of that morning. So at least for the next uh, 20 some odd days with God's help. Uh, for those of you who are here live, I don't want anyone to be like, what is good? Why didn't he just shave today? Like what's going on? Just let anyone know. This is what would be the equivalent of the Jewish playoff beard. So just wanted to give everybody a heads up before uh, this starts. We're coming out of Passover, We're walking into the world, walking into spring. This is a month momentum. We're going to be getting him back into the world of joy and gratitude, but I, we're going to take a little bit of a route to get there. Because before we get there, I want to sort of circle back on a critical idea that really is the idea that we leave Passover with. I heard this over over the weekend, over the holiday, I had the honor of, um, of being on a program with a great rabbi. His name is Eli Mansour. Wonderful. And he spoke about this concept called time. How when someone's a slave, they don't have time. Their time belongs to somebody else. Their time is in somebody else's control. A slave doesn't wake up in the morning and is like, I'm sorry, I just can't make it today. Like, get your own food. Master's like, yeah, what are you talking about? You don't have time. I have time. What happened when the Israelites, when the Jews were taken out of Egypt, the first thing that they got back was time. It was now in their control. And they had to choose, so to speak what to do with their time, which they ultimately gave to God and created became the nation. Which is why the first commandment that God gives the Jewish people really is the sanctification of the month, which is really, in a way, the sanctification of time. They determine when the holidays are. They determine when... They determine when they're going to create, if you will, their future. We have to recognize and realize as we sort of emerge out of this world, and we're going to use just the recent holiday as a metaphor. Like I said, regardless of your religious experience or even your, 
your 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 religion we're just using these as metaphors to identify sort of parts of our lives and build off of and this just happens to be a period of time that is very filled with a lot of meaning but the first thing we have to recognize is that we have to take responsibility for our time this is a lesson that is critical what does that mean so much of our day is toggling between somebody else's agendas somebody else's time someone emailed me over the weekend and they're from brazil and said that they brazil is going through you know covid in a very different way than other parts of the world now my heart and prayers go out to a lot of the people in Brazil, the healthcare system. And I think they're back in another quarantine, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And he said he feels like he's losing the time. He spends, he wakes up in the morning and just puts on the news and finds that throughout the day, he's just constantly just going back and forth with different news organizations, blaming the government and blaming this and blaming that. And then it's the end of the day and he lost his time. This happens where you pick up your head and it's another month. You pick up your head and it's another season. You pick up your head and it's another year. And the first thing we ask ourselves is what, where, where did the time go? So it's another expression, which I, I, I don't, I, I, so I, I, I'm mild on this one. I'm mild on this one. It's called time flies. I don't know. The jury's out on this one for me. There's a lot of truth to it, obviously. But there's also, it also, it allows, I think, the, the wrong habit to form. Time flies when you're having fun. That's good. But time flies when we're not in control. That's really when it flies. Because what happens is, and for those of you who've been with me for a while, what happens is your brain is neuroplastic, right? So your brain gets used to things. And when your brain gets used to things, it, be, it makes it automatic. So your brain sort of takes over, if you will, your conscious thought. Your brain takes over, if you will, your, your soul, let's say, even though it doesn't. But So when I wake up in the morning and I just sort of like put on whatever I do to, whatever I do to get to work, let's say. And in that period of travel of work, I just click my brain off and I just get, end up at my desk. And then even work, I've sort of gotten into a rhythm, into a pattern. And then my days and my weeks have gone into certain patterns. And that's good. But it's also not good. Because as my life gets into a pattern, if the patterns that my life is getting into is not leading to excellence, then I'm habituating mediocrity. And my brain loves familiar. So my days turn into weeks, 
turn into months and I don't feel it because my brain is on automatic for a lot of it. And when I'm ready to take the automatic off and I feel that pain, that cognitive dissonance of, I really don't want to, it's exhausting to think. When you go on a, we were, thank God we were away for the past week. So, you know, when, when you go to a new area, we were, we went to a, a program with, uh, with other individuals, other people is wonderful. Thank God. So when you go to a new place, if you ever have this feeling, whenever you go to a new place or if you go on vacation or if you go to camp, those first few days, like it feels like, you know, like you ever feel like when the first day of camp, like the first week of camp feels like a month, you know, ever have that feeling? And then it goes like this. You ever go on vacation? You know, we do trips for those who are not yet on our momentum trips. You got to get on our momentum trips. But if you go like on a momentum trip for the first time, you land in Israel. Like the first two days feels like you've been there, like, you know, for like a year. And then by like day six or seven, like it starts to fly. What, what is that? Because your brain has taken so much more information every day. So your brain's working harder. Where's my hotel room? How do I get to the, to the store? How do I get to the restaurant? How's, where's my bus? Where's breakfast? What, what room am I in? Right. How do I go from point A to point B? I got to fly somewhere. That means I got to get to the airport. It means we got to be ready on time. All these are things that your brain doesn't do typically. Your brain doesn't typically have to worry about getting into a car and running to an airport unless you're that type of person. Your brain doesn't have to worry about like, where am I sleeping? Where am I eating? What's the program saying? Where am I going? Where did everybody go? Your brain doesn't typically do that. You're usually more independent. So when you go, when you put yourself in a new environment, your brain is working much harder. So it feels longer. This is back to one of my favorite books, which I'm sure everyone has read already, which you have and you should. Flow. Back to the work of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. You feel your conscious more when you're doing things that you're not habituated to do because you're, you have to, you have to slow your mind down. You have to figure things out. You can't just click a button and then end up at your desk. You can't click a button and end up at the end of the week. These two modes are how we play with time. This is the responsibility of freedom. When you're in the world of working for somebody else, and it's okay if you do that, but you don't live for somebody else. You and I have a task in this world. You and I are put into this world for a reason. Part of the Passover experience is the recognition that each individual is brought to freedom because each individual is critical and necessary for the future of society. You are here for a reason. And that reason may be a friend, a child, a client, a population, a country. It doesn't matter. 
What matters is that you and I feel that we're here for a reason. And we take our time seriously. And we are able to look at our day and ask ourselves, what part of my day is being automated for excellence? And what part of my day is just being automated? That's really where the rub comes in. And we've done this before, but this is such a critical piece now. This is such a critical time now. Because now, at least in the Jewish calendar, God is teaching us how to take control of our time. We count every single day. This count is called Sefiras Omer, the count of the Omer. There's this unique stamp that every day has that's different. Every night's not another night. And if you're in this game of counting, if not, you should join it. It's, it's a great experience. Today is day nine. We'll try to even remind people on the, on the, uh, on the, on the show. And we count all the way up to day 50, which is the, the holiday called Shavuot, where God gives us the Torah and God gives us the Bible. God gives us the book because we've taken control of something. So now we get greater instructions. Each day is a different day because they're not the same. God's like, don't automate them. They're not the same. Monday isn't Tuesday. And this Monday is not next Monday. They're different days. And they're not even cyclical. They're sequential. You build on them. You grow from them. Each day is an opportunity for you to get better and better and better and better at something. But it only happens when we take a pause and try to reclaim our time. Try to reclaim what an hour looks like. What does an hour look like? Is it 60 minutes of productivity? Is it 20? What does a minute look like? What does a day look like? How much of my day am I putting myself in situations that are a little bit more uncomfortable because I want to push for excellence? How many of my habits are really leading me towards a great result? Friends of mine that, and by the way, and especially the East Coasters, or should I say the Northeast Coasters. And not just Northeast Coasters, the North, the Northerners. I'm going to cut the, uh, even when I speak, you have to forgive me for just being so New York centric. I don't mean to be. For those, who, whoever lives in, in, in seasons that have winter as a part of the season with cold weather, this is a very exciting period of time. You know it and I know it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever... If you live in a zone that actually has what's called winter, not, not Boca Raton winter, right? Not LA winter, winter, snow, cold, you put on jackets, scarves, winter. If you live in those areas, you and I both know that April is an exciting time because April is like the beginning 
of weather, of good weather. It's like, it's sort of there, you know? May, you know you're going to be there. April is like, it's like it starts to, the, the, the degrees start to click up. Start creating new goals. The sun comes out more. Vitamin D starts coming through your system more. So whenever, usually this is the time where people start running outside. If you want to see people that get into shape now during this period of time, usually it's the people that are, they start, they start setting habits that hurt, that are uncomfortable, but they know that they stick with it long enough. It'll really make a change in them. And it's hard to find that half an hour to run. And they stick it in somewhere. And they're exhausted. And they don't want to do it. But they do it. And it's hard when they do it. And it's hard afterwards. But they stick to it. And then they get to July, August. And they can't believe just how much they've come physically. Until winter comes. And then we go back. Then we go back. It's a shame to spend that time just unphysical. We need to have strong bodies, but our lives aren't about just our bodies. Our lives are about our souls, our relationships, our relationship to God, our relationship to each other, our relationship to wisdom, our ability to give to other people time, money. But it's not going to happen unless we take back our time. It's not going to happen until we can look at our day and say, what did I do today? I'm going to do this a little bit now. We're going to do this a little bit now. We're going to see in a weird way how joy and gratitude is very much not about what the world gives us. It's about what kind of responsibilities we take. And we begin by taking responsibility for our time. Time is a gift. Noah Weinberg famously said, I think I did this on the show once. I don't remember, but I think I did this. I did, right? Killing time was the worst thing you can tell him. Hey, what are you doing today? We're just killing time, Rabbi. Tell it to Noah Weinberg. He would go, what? You're killing time? You're killing time? time got nothing to do so you're just killing time sitting around just letting the clock tick time is the greatest gift we have the greatest gift God gives us is time and people would do anything for more of it. And if you have it today, then we got to take responsibility for it. How do we do it? We'll talk about it. But first we have to be aware of it. We have to be aware of the clock ticking. We have to be aware of the mornings turning into afternoons, into evenings. We have to be aware. We have to look at our time like our money. And ask ourselves, are we getting a return on the investment? I just did this. What was my return on the investment of my time? 
or worse? What am I doing that's going to cost me time later? I always found when I started to get more into health, not that I'm there yet, I should be there one day. I found that the well, the most compelling argument was to eat healthy was that it's going to, you have to waste so much more time working out. Like it's such a waste of time. You eat that thing and now you got, it's going to cost you just for a workout to get that. Oh my gosh. Just forget, forget eating that thing. You know how much time you save yourself? Are the actions that I'm doing going to give me a return on my time? My time. That's my most valuable commodity. All right. We'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being back. So great to see you guys again. I'm so happy to be back with you. You have no idea how much I look forward to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have an amazing day. 